Welcome to the Real Producers Partners Podcast. This podcast is done in conjunction with Real Producers St. Louis, Metro East, New Orleans, Baltimore, Chesapeake Bay, and West Valley, Arizona. It focuses on our top real estate performers and partners who support real estate and home services, their successes, stories, and challenges. Your host is Ken Tucker, Marketing Solution Architect at ChangeScape Web. The Real Producers Partners podcast is produced by ChangeScape Web. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of the Real Producers Partners podcast. I'm Ken Tucker of ChangeScape Web, and today I'm with Noel Markentel, owner of Noel Markentel Photography. Welcome, Noel. Thanks for having me on, Ken. I'm really excited to share a couple of things and also learn a couple of things from you. I'm always excited to talk to photographers because I think most people think that there are a lot of shortcuts. We try to do some things that, yeah, you can do, but it's probably better if you just spend a little bit of money and get it done professionally and get it done right. So with that, just tell me a little bit about your background and some of the awards. Sure. I started photography at the age of seven. My dad shoved one of those little Kodak little box cameras that came out of the convenience store. My hands on a family vacation and I just went nuts and I asked for another one. And whenever we got home, I got his hand-me-down 35 millimeter film camera from a box under the stairs that had been accumulating dust. And so I started walking around the neighborhood and learning how to, how to shoot on film and develop film. I kept it as a hobby in the background for most of my years growing up. And then in college, I got my first digital camera and started taking uh, portraits for the first time of friends. During the time, I also went to officer candidate school for the Marine Corps and was waiting on active duty with the Marine Corps to start after college. There was a year-long gap between graduation and actually going active duty because there were so many people left over from the recruiting surge that there wasn't enough space on all of us for active duty. So basically, they said, stay in shape, get a job, don't die, don't get arrested. And then eventually, we'll tell you when we've got orders for you to go to Virginia. Uh, But in the meantime, we won't pay you. Great. Fantastic. Job interviews all over the place. Nobody wants to hire somebody who they don't know when they're leaving, except for the service industry. So that's where I got my service industry education as a bouncer and a busboy in Baton Rouge. And I said, you know what? I, I'm, I should probably start charging money for photos. I've never done that before. Maybe now's the time. So I actually started to supplement my service industry wages with photos and video for the first time. And then I got a job as a magazine photographer for a little magazine called Dig in Baton Rouge. And then active duty came. I always kept it up as a semi-pro sort of side hustle while I was in the Marine Corps. I said, whenever I get out of the Marine Corps, I'm going to open up a photo studio. And this is going to be my long-term career. Whenever I got out, that's exactly what I did. I set up shop in New Orleans because Louisiana's home for me. I'm okay. a big, home, you know, big supporter of my home state. New Orleans was the place that I figured would be the best. So far, it has absolutely been the best place to set up my shop. So I started just grinding, trying to get the hustle going. Little by little, business was growing every year. And then I, I got really intense training from my mentor in New York, Peter Hurley. So he's like the headshot king. A lot of professional photographers will know his name and his reputation 
Okay. Probably the biggest award after three years of work being named to his associate list of photographers, which involves in-depth portfolio reviews, entering contests every week, shredding critiques. If there's a hair out of place in a photo that you submit or something like that, the way I like to make an analogy is if you've ever seen the movie Whiplash with Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons, but the, the drum student, it's that, but for photographers, for headshot <laughs> photographers. So it's Whiplash right. for headshot photographers. So that's probably my biggest thing is being named a Peter Hurley associate. But now we're, we're on year number three in a row of being awarded top three commercial photographers in New Orleans. We just won a Telly Award for a commercial that we produced, a personal branding commercial for uh, mm. a guy who approached me. I, we're getting every year we're always on the, the peer space, top commercial photographers in New Orleans list. It's been a fun ride. You don't go into this business seeking awards. So whenever they happen, it's just kind of a nice surprise. Cool. Why do you think image matters so much in this day and age? We're bombarded with so many images every single day that the difference between selling yourself to somebody and not is just getting them to stop scrolling for an extra two seconds. There are so many images put forth on screens in front of people every single day. The only way to secure anybody's attention is to have the, a better image than the ones that they just scrolled past. So like what you said earlier about believing that it's better to get it done right by a professional, somebody, somebody who's an expert, somebody who knows, that's the difference between somebody who stops scrolling when they see the image that that photographer produced for you and somebody who went to Bargain Bin or JCPenney or Olin Mills, something like that, and you've got subpar, low-quality photo that's, that just either looks just the same as all the other photos that people see every day yeah. or got a bit worse. Do you work mainly with professionals, like realtors specifically, or do you work with businesses or both? Even if you are a member of a business, there's still a personal branding element for many of those people. So can you talk about the importance of personal branding as well? So if you have a head, you need a headshot. Uh, headshots are not just for job hunts. They're not just for the chairman of the board. Everybody's got a social media platform for the most part. People are on LinkedIn, people are on Facebook, people are on Instagram, even in your own email signature or your, your little Google photo that pops up next to your name whenever you're writing somebody an email. I think everybody should have one of those. I think it's sad when people don't take advantage of that and they just leave right. it blank or something like that. You're missing out on a touch point to build trust with the person that you're communicating with via email, especially if it's a really well done photo and you have a really good expression in that. For my customer service email, I always make sure that my Google, little Google picture is of me smiling so that people feel bad if they want to yell at me and say bad things. Luckily, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen very often. Customer service is just part of the, part of the business. The personal branding aspect of it is just that. You are your own entity, whether or not you are employed by someone else. You could one day be either striking out on your own, especially attorneys and realtors are good examples as well. Financial advisors, again, positions where you're going to be working collectively as part of a team, but have a natural progression to branch out into a private practice or a private firm or your own brokerage. So it's important to make sure that you are your own distinct brand within that. Even if you want to stay with that team forever, then you strengthen that team by you having your stuff together. 
One of the funniest things is, yes, I do work with a lot of realtors because a lot of realtors recognize the importance of this. One person at a time, we're changing the stereotype of the 1982 headshot realtor. They're still using their same headshot from 1982 because they refused to change it. We're breaking that stereotype this city one person at a time. It's, it's crucial to be on top of something like that. I actually had somebody ask me a few days ago, if I shoot with so many realtors, someone asked me, do you only shoot realtors? Are you <laughs> exclusively a headshot photographer for realtors? And I, I had to laugh and I said, wow, I mean, they make up a huge part of my clientele because they recognize the importance of this. But there are a lot of bankers, financial advisors, CPAs, I'll go into an office and I'll do 30 people in a day sometimes. A lot of actors, a lot of actors, Disney Channel actors, Hollywood actors who are in New Orleans shooting for things. I get tapped a whole lot by agents who live in Los Angeles. They've got a client who's in Louisiana shooting something and they look around at a whole bunch of photographers and they say, okay, you look like you should be shooting in LA. So we want our client to go and shoot with you. We didn't know that that quality existed in Louisiana. So we're glad we found you. Yeah. Uh, that's nice. That's probably the coolest validation I've had in my career as far as headshots go. Yeah. Well, people buy from people. So having an established personal brand is, is important. And I think a lot of people just kind of gloss over that at least way too many times. As you mentioned, there are certain industries that pay a lot more attention to that, obviously, than others. But when I build a website, one of the things that I try to look at is Let's get some really good pictures of the real people working in the business. Mm -hmm. Stock photos are, most of the time, they're really obviously stock photos. People want to know, especially if you're a home services contractor, we don't work exclusively with them, but we work with a lot of home services contractors. If somebody's going to come into their home, they want to see who that person is. Mm -hmm. so even if you're a roofing contractor or a plumber or whatever, you really probably need to work on getting professional photographs of your staff. They want to recognize them when they show up at the door. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I have actually noticed a, a huge increase in demand for that in the past, I'd say, year and a half. I've been getting inquiries from the website contact form and all that, my ads and things that, that say, we're looking for headshots and action photos around the office. Yeah. Whereas three or four years ago, people were just, at, just our office needs headshots. And then I would say, would you like this as an add-on? It could be useful for you. Now people are just doing that on the front end. They're just coming to me and straight up saying at the beginning, hey, we want headshots and we want interaction photos, which are right. always, those are always fun to stage because we'll get right. we'll, we'll, people get their family and friends to come in and pretend to be customers. I've got some really fun examples of those from yeah. over the years. Yeah. Well... I encourage people when we're working with a with a business on like a website project or especially even social media, hire a professional photographer for a block of time. It could be two hours. It could be four hours. It could be a day. It could be split over a couple of days. Capture pictures that show what you do in the settings that you're working in. Now you've got this portfolio of material that you can use to create interesting social media posts. They're on brand. They're consistent. I'm amazed. It's a challenge for people to still want to do that. I don't know if you do any photographs uh, or, or photography or video of finished remodeling projects, or if you predominantly do portrait-related photography. Having professional before and after pictures is huge. Oh, I agree. I 
don't do a whole lot of listing photos anymore. I have some friends, uh, shout out to my close business colleagues over at Echo360. They do amazing work with real estate video and real estate listing photos and things like that. I've gotten away from that over the past few years because I embrace what I'm best at and what I'm a specialist at. I can do a passable level of photography in a lot of different genres. I know what I excel at. And if I can't excel at that same degree in those other forms of photography, I'm not having as much fun and I'm feeling guilty. I'm not the real estate guy. I'm the headshot guy. I'm the branding guy. I'm the commercial guy. Doing things even at a passable level at genres that I don't specialize in, I always kind of snap my fingers and I'm saying, ah, I wish I could do this at the same level as I do headshots yeah. and branding. I love referring out work because one, I like helping my friends. And two, my photographer friends sure. have been a great help to me referring headshots because I've got friends who they say, I don't, I hate headshots, but I love, but I love proposals. <laughs> okay, great. I love headshots and you are way better at proposals than I am. So swap back and forth. Yeah, cool. How do you help somebody overcome the anxiety or fear of having their picture taken? It's really not that hard. You distract them. <laughs> you talk about anything under the sun besides what's actually going on with the camera. And, and it's about getting to know the person. It's just basic empathy, active listening, just trying to get to know them as a person. Because when you're talking about them and whenever they're getting to share things about their lives, about their kids, their pets, their hobbies, they stop thinking about the camera and the lights. Yeah. It's a very involved process. There's all kinds of gear everywhere. I love it. I love this big, huge mesh of all these tools that I get to use to shape light. But my goal is to get them to not think about that while I'm thinking about that. That is the number one way to get somebody to feel comfortable in front of the camera is to treat the conversation like the camera is not even there. If you're good at it, even if they are aware that the camera is there, that kind of goes away after a few minutes when they kind of get back into a natural rhythm, I would think. My experience interviewing clients to capture written content we need to put on their website, for example, once you kind of get into that rhythm, all of that other stuff and the anxiety can start to just kind of flow away. So, Oh, yeah. And I, I know exactly what you mean, Ken. I can't say that I'm um, some brilliant person. I, I put in the work. I found a great mentor. Uh, I took the training seriously and I took the lessons to heart. Because of the training that I received and the work that I put in, uh, I can look at photos that other photographers have taken and I can reverse engineer which ones uh, just basically told the person, hey, stand here or sit here, sit up straight and smile and click and then kick them in the ass on the way out the door uh thank yeah. you for your time thank you for your five minutes now get out of here versus photographers that will take their time and they'll 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 talk about things get genuine reactions i know some some photographers who've got the technical lighting down beautifully you look at their subjects and their subjects look uncomfortable as hell they look <laughs> awkward they look scared they look confused all the lighting knowledge in the world can't make up for a lack of direction. So for me as a headshot photographer and by extension as a branding photographer, 
it's not about lighting for me. It's just a baseline. Obviously, I got critiqued on my lighting whenever I was going through all this training over the years. And I had to learn that and I had to get better at that. Even if my technical is absolutely perfect, that's not really what I bring to the table because anybody can learn lighting. It's about learning how to, how to direct somebody and how to get genuine emotion out of them, how to take away the awkwardness. Um, right. 95 to no, nope, nope, that's being conservative. 99%, everybody who walks through the studio door says, I hate having my picture taken. I'm not photogenic. I'm awkward. I've been dreading this. You may have noticed I rescheduled it four times on the calendar. 99% of everybody walks in the door that way. And 99% of photographers will let them leave that way too. But I refuse. I refuse to let them leave the same way they came in. That's the difference between somebody who is primarily an expression coach who happens to also be a photographer versus somebody who's a photographer and all they know is, is how to tell people to move their body this way, that way. Okay, pick your chin up. Okay, now I'm going to stand on a stepladder and then photograph you as you're looking up at me. But I can look at photos and I can tell what level the photographer's direction was. Interesting. You talk a lot about branding photography. Let's kind of unpack that a little bit. What do you mean by, by branding photography versus family or wedding photography or product photography? I don't even know if that's a term. So yeah, just kind of talk about that a little bit. The term branding photography is fairly new. It's come to prominence in the last five years to a greater extent, probably in the past year and a half, two years. Okay. It's been around forever, though. It's basically photos that present who you are and what you represent to the world. It can be done in studio. That can be done when you're on the job. I do both. Basically, you could, let's say, a picture of Abraham Lincoln sitting in a chair with a giant law book or something like that from back in the day. Or maybe he has his cane out or whatever. That's personal branding photography. That's saying, not only is this what my face looks like, but in the way that I'm sitting, in the way that I'm standing, some sort of an object that I'm holding, all the way up to, especially the expression on my face is saying, this is what I'm about. So family photography, I've done some family photography in the past, never on a large scale, not really high volume, mostly for friends. Whenever I shot weddings, it was very boutique, like 12 weddings a year, not like the 60 wedding a year, massive wedding studio. That's more of a making somebody look good. Here's my face and it looks good. And here's what I look like. Whereas branding photography is here's what I'm about. So there's an intention. There's a more of a message. It's more effective as far as selling people on an idea. Okay. One of the things that I think a lot of people struggle with, even what we refer to as the hero image, which is at the very top of the homepage of your website, especially a lot of people who do like restoration services, they want to show nasty, moldy walls or something like that. And really, from a branding perspective, you want to show customer success. You mm-hmm. want to show somebody who's experienced and had a great experience with your product or service. It's kind of tricky to get that into, into some people's minds sometimes. And, and I don't think there's always an appreciation of the value. I'm a story brand certified guide. I don't know. If you're I was kidding. just about, that was what I was waiting to respond with was it sounds like you're intimately familiar with Donald Miller and the story brand 
Absolutely. Uh, story brand philosophy and, and system. Yeah. I'm a bit of a fan myself. All right. I keep these on the desk because I reference them often. So yeah, yeah. I'm a big, yeah. I'm a big, the whole Donald Miller ecosystem. Except I, I'm not really big on the Enneagram. I know he's obsessed with it. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big, big, big fan of story brand marketing made simple, business made simple. That's how I approach branding photography okay. is here's what I'm about. Here's what my business is about. Here's what your life will look like after you give us your money. Yeah. yeah. Uh, showing people what success looks like and the yeah. avenue for their success yeah. is hiring you. And then I make people want to hire you. My tagline is I make people look expensive. Expensive usually means worth it too. So right. I try to make people look like their service is worth paying a premium for because that end customer is going to have their problem solved and it's going to help them survive or thrive. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Marketing is about transformation and you want to show people they already know to, to some extent that they have a problem. They may not be able to fully articulate it. They may need some, a little bit of help. In some cases, it's going to be very clear and obvious, but they pretty much know where they want to be. They want to get away from that problem. And so to the extent that you can use photography to transport people to that after state, I think is incredibly powerful. I love the simplicity of the story brand and marketing made simple, business made simple approaches, just because it's very actionable. It's incredibly easy to understand. It's using things that we've used for centuries, millennia for that matter, in the way that we communicate and, and we tell stories and how we tell stories and, and, and all of that. It's really been a game changer for me. I'm glad to hear that you are a big fan as well. Oh yeah, I'm just noticing your well, not just noticing, but I but I I have noticed that you have all three of those books prominently displayed right behind you as well. I do, yeah, uh, absolutely. So <laughs> it's fun to make that connection too. Yeah. But I discovered Story Brand in a I think 2017, maybe maybe 16, but definitely 2017. I've been taking that approach ever since. Of I'm the photographer, but I'm here to amplify my clients. I don't shoot. For me, I enjoy shooting, but what I shoot for is I shoot to make other people more money. Hence the tagline. I make people look expensive. Yeah. It's not about me making things that I enjoy. I do that too, yeah. but my main mission is to make somebody look like they should be upping their rates. So yeah. I'm the guy who makes you look like you should be charging more. Awesome. So talk to me a little bit about what does a branding shoot look like and what do you wear? How do you prepare for it? Are there different staging activities that you work with to help people get set up and ready for? Oh, of course. Another difference between just a regular portrait session and a branding session is that we, we do a lot more planning for a branding session. I'm going to look at your website. I am going to get you on the phone. If it's a big project, we're going to meet beforehand and we're going to hash out some themes and a shot list. It's got to be intentional. There has to be a message. There has to be a story. There has to be, uh, there has, there has to be some, some very, very particular choices made in how you want to present yourself and your services to the world. So a lot of preparation. Uh, what people should wear for it is solid colors, bright colors, 
Well, I shouldn't say that exclusively because let's say you're a, uh, a wilderness guide or something. It may, look, it may make extreme sense for you to be wearing neutral colors at, at that point. <laughs> so, but that goes back into the intention. But solid colors, not a whole lot of patterns that can distract people. A conversation that definitely needs to be had before you show up for the shoot. Yeah, just very intentional. Everything happens for a purpose. Nothing's accidental. We don't show up on the day and, and I look at the outfits and I say, yeah, it's good enough. No, no, we plan it out for sure. Does it help if somebody comes in with a brand script or something similar to that in your planning and preparation for a brand shoot? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Creative briefs are always really helpful. Brand scripts. When someone has an idea, I love it whenever someone comes in with an idea and they're enthusiastic about it. And I can tell that they are off and running. I'm just the guy who's going to help make it happen. I don't have to come up with all the ideas myself, which, hey, when people give me creative control, that's fun too, because I can right. do some, some fun stuff with that. The thing in the back of your mind is, oh, is the client going to like it? Yeah. Do they know the business better than I do? Is this really going to be the most effective thing for them? So when they come in and they say, no, I've got an idea, I've got a great plan, I've got this kind of thing, then that allows me to, not depending on me to come up with the idea that's going to make them a million dollars, but I can take their idea, recognize it, tweak it a little bit, and then send it into the fast lane. It's a reassurance that the client is going to enjoy it, enjoy the process and like the results whenever they come in and they have a clear, clear idea and a clear goal. So last question for you. What is the most interesting type of client, you don't have to be specific by naming them or, or whatever, but our project or scenario that you've worked on? I've gotten to do some really cool things over the years for clients. I have been flown around to do branding projects for Airbnbs to show people in the space beyond real estate fo type photos of your Airbnb yeah. to hiring local models and, and showing them hanging out by the pool and in the reading nook and things like that. That's a lot of fun. That's a ton oh, yeah. of fun. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. That's definitely, that definitely comes to mind. I've got national clothing brands that are, that are clients and that's all, and those are always fun to work with. Uh, but I would say the most interesting, the most interesting types of clients are um, tech companies. As, uh, tech companies that that uh, that have an idea and they make you sign non-disclosure agreements, but you get to see some really incredible things, incredible machinery at work. Being able to be on the precipice, sort of a peek behind the curtain yeah. of of a process that's in development and exciting and high tech, showing people using it, showing development of it, being led into something like that in anticipation for a big reveal later on down the road. That's probably the most exciting. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. I hadn't really thought much about that. So, well, well, those, I those release photos have to come from somewhere, right? Well, true, absolutely, yeah. But I mean, I just really hadn't connected that that might be the type of project that uh, that you may have worked on. So, pretty oh, cool. Oh yeah, commercial. I, yeah, commercial genre span into industrial and into tech and things like that. The large portion of my business is making individuals look really good. But I do a lot of products, photography, and industrial and commercial marketing campaigns, billboards, and stuff like that. That's definitely a little bit more unpredictable, but definitely yeah. exciting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, Noel, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Go ahead and share that with us. Absolutely. 
I got business pages on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you type in Noel Markintel on either one of those and you'll find me. Also, noelmarkintel.com, where you can see all my latest work and what we're all about, the different kind of services we offer. I am uh, also excited to announce that uh, we are about to begin the build out of a new studio space here in Mid City. Okay. So we can expect the grand opening, crossing my fingers for mid to late November. But uh, if anybody wants to get on the email list, uh, then yeah, absolutely. Go to my website, sign up for the email list, and you'll get an invitation for, uh, for that. Awesome. Thanks, Noel. I enjoyed our conversation and uh, look forward to seeing some of your work sometime soon. Well, thank you so much for having me, Ken. Always nice to make a connection to be able to chat about what I love to do. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you, Ken. All right. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please be sure and subscribe to the Real Producers Partners podcast on your favorite podcast platform. We'd love for you to review us wherever you get your podcasts. Visit rppp.rocks for more episodes and links to set up a free consultation with the host of this podcast. Thanks again and stay tuned.